We uh, are on a new journey and a very short series, uh, a journey in a short series um, called From Pain to Praise. I don't know if you've ever read some of the Psalms and it's kind of got that formula like, God, where are you? Where are you in this? Have you not seen this? See what's going on, what's taking place. But this is who you are and therefore I praise and often you read the Psalms with us. And we come to a minor a prophet uh, in the book of Habakkuk. So if you can turn there, uh, just go to the, the kind of the middle, the New Testament and Old Testament, and just hook a little bit of a left and you'll find it there. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like life is like a roller coaster ride. Um, or even spiritually roller coaster ride where you get strapped in, got no choice where it's going, and you have these high moments and these low moments. These moments where you feel like you spun around, moments of dips, moments of highs. Um, incredible speed as you just go through all of this. And we go through life and we evaluate it and just say, God, what is going on? Now, as a pastor, I get to journey with people that. Um, get to do joyful things, uh, acceptance to university, even after two weeks, like, uh, you know, and the joy and the praise of that. Um, the journey of seeing people getting driver's licenses and how my prayer, fa- uh, prayer life increases. Um, you know, a journey of seeing guys matriculate. Um, see, you know, the praises are getting to joy with that. But also in the pain, the moments where there's been trauma, where there's been loss, And the privilege of coming alongside people in those moments of pain. And I don't know where you're at, but I know our country is in a moment of pain. We are asking a lot of questions, not just around COVID, but around so many things in our economy, in what's going on in family situations, what's going on in in the workplaces, and really asking questions. And that's why I've jumped to this book. I felt led to it. Because it's a very short, minor prophet, we don't actually know too much about Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Um, We don't know too much about him. Um, We know that he's a prophet. We do know that there's possibility that he was working within the temple. We see some basis on that, but very little we're told about him. We know that he's a minor prophet, but that doesn't make him any less different than the Elijahs, than the... um, than some of the other prophets. Um, it, it, in fact, when we talk about a minor prophet, it just means that the text, the writing around that prophet isn't as big as a, um, a Zaya uh, would be a major prophet. And so we still take focus on him. And it comes in a time where he's writing where kings, the Syrians, basically are in rule over Israel here. And they're in charge, and they've basically placed uh, who they felt should be the next king in reign. And this king has basically led the people away from the Lord. And they are far from him, even though they're in captivity, even though things are not as they should be, uh, because already their sins have led them that way. It comes to this place that the people are so far from him. And there are only a few that are righteous. Only a few that are seeking the Lord. And we see through it there's such persecution taking place, particularly of the righteous. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of things that are going on that shouldn't be going on. These are people that were chosen by God but don't live for him. 
don't act like they're chosen, the chosen people. They are so far from him. And it starts off in verse 1 by saying the oracle. Now this word oracle is basically meaning the burden that he carries. Habakkuk has such a, a passion and a burden for what is going on. It weighs heavy on him. Are you there tonight? Are you a place where your pain at the moment, what you're going through, feels so, so heavy? It weighs on you. Maybe you're standing looking for an answer and it just feels like there's nowhere. It's not coming. Maybe you feel like, like you're just trapped. But this is how we can deal with this. This is what we can do. And, and don't we sometimes do that? We may not pray it, but in our minds we think it. You know, if only God can work this way. If only God can give me the winning lotto number. You know, just let that ticket just fall in my pocket. You know, if God can only do this for me. And we sometimes do that. And, and this is exactly what he's doing. He comes to a place and he's asking questions. And this is how he sees what's going on. And I want to highlight and, and focus on this. And so let's read from verse 2 um, in chapter 1. It says this, How long, O Lord, must I call for your help? Anyone felt like that? How long? You see that? But you, have, uh, you do not listen or cry out to you, Violence! But you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed. And justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Do you connect with any of that prayer? See how it goes? See, he sees things differently. Habakkuk sees, firstly, that God, he sees a, from his perspective, God was not listening. Ever felt like that in your prayers? God's not listening. God doesn't seem, it says, God, you know, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? How long, God, what's going on? You do not listen. You, you do not listen to me. Do you feel like that sometimes? Feel that in your prayers? Well, I want to highlight something just to focus on this, is that he brings his complaint to God. See, this is a very strange, different book of prophecy. Often prophets would speak to the people, but this is a record of engagement between the prophet and God, his conversation. Almost his prayer in these three chapters with God. And he's asking these questions, and he comes to God, and he complains to God. And I want to commend him for that. Because so often we sometimes complain about God, but we never complain to God. It's he brings his struggles to God. That's what he does. And he cries out to God. It's not just a quick prayer. It's not just a religious prayer. It's a heartfelt from this burden kind of prayer. He's crying out before God. God was not listening from his perspective. Feel like that? Well, even when you do, I want to encourage you to carry on praying. Carry on praying. Carry on laying that burden before God. 
cry out to him. Cry out to him. Just as Habakkuk did. Next is that God was just sitting back from his perspective. God was just sitting back. Notice the hows. You'll see the breakups of this. Um, but you do not listen. But uh, I cry out, violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you make me intolerate wrong? See these things? Why? Why? Not the house, sorry, the why questions. And we all have why questions. Sometimes in our prayer. God, why can you let this happen? Why does it seem like this never ends? Why does it seem like corruption in this country is just a merit badge everyone should get? Why does it seem like it's never dealt with? Why do we see those that are involved in state corruption not going uh, to prison? Why do we see this taking place? God, why can you let this happen? Why can families still break up, Lord? Why those that love you are going through such hurt and turmoil? Why are families separated, Lord? Why? He asked those questions. God, as if why? God, why are you not involved? How long do I meet must cry of violence? The picture has almost seen something and nobody coming to help. God, how long must this go on? Well, what was going on? You see the words violence here. Uh, you see injustice that's taking place. You see destruction. You see strife. Strife here was many more lawsuits between, uh, between brothers and sisters. There was just persecution taking place, particularly of the righteous that was taking place. So there's strife and conflict. It's just chaos. Sin is reigning. And he sees this. But God, why are you not doing something about it? God, why aren't you solving this? God, there's a way to do this. Don't we sometimes feel like that? Why? Thirdly, from his perspective, God, God's answer, not answering just didn't make sense. God's not answering just didn't make sense. So he gets to this place. God, because you're not answering, because it seems like you're just sitting back, because you're not doing this, we see therefore, therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. It breaks in the focus because all of this is going on. The law. People have abandoned the law. They've abandoned you, Lord. You've let it carry on. It just seems to get worse. Don't we sometimes feel like that in our country? Things are getting worse and worse. We complain about it. And it seems, and, and Lord, you know, look at this. People are abandoning you. They're abandoning the law. You know, it seems like it's paralyzed. It means nothing into people's hearts. It doesn't have the impact in their hearts that it should. I long for a day where the word of God impacts every person's life. But may he start with the believers. But when sin is abound. When things are going and it just is prevailing, 
So often it is the law that is pushed aside. His word. God, because you've done this, you haven't answered. Look at what's going on. Injustice never prevails. In fact, we see that the righteous are hemmed in. So in other words, the righteous are persecuted. Those who stand out for you are persecuted here. God, where are you? Why are you not answering? Today, there was a time in our country where to be a Christian was commonly accepted. But now, if you're a really, truly born up, believe on fire for the Lord, you will be persecuted at university. You will have friends reject you. And it's going to happen. And we sometimes can ask the question, God, why? Where is this? Where is the justice we need? The justice just seems perverted. Don't you connect with this prayer? Maybe you're at that place of such anguish, such a burden, such a pain. Where you're just saying, God, why, why? Look at what's going on. Look at what's taking place. And it just feels like God is not answering. That God is not involved. And that God is just doesn't make sense right now. Maybe that's you. But see, there was a truth to really what was going on. And then God answers here. And so we start to look at the truth. And I pick up from verse 5, we see the answer. And he says this, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm rising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who will sweep across the whole earth and seize down dwelling places not of their own. They are feared and dreaded people. And they are a law to themselves and promoted to their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong, and their horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture, sweeping to devour. And they come, and they all come bent on violence. Their hordes advantage, uh, advance like a desert wind. They gather prisoners like sand. They deride kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at fortified cities and they build uh, earthen ramps and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own strength is their God. And so God answers him. Not in a way you would think where God says, you know, I'm going to do this. He says, actually, I am going to bring judgment here. I'm going to bring, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a nation that's even worse than the Assyrians, the Babylonians. And you're going to see this. They're going to come through, and they're going to sweep through here. And as we know from history that the Babylonians did take capture, took those like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back as captivity, um, back to, to Babylon. The people were exiled. Some of the people were exiled to Babylon. And later on, the whole city was destroyed by the Babylonians. We know that comes. And God is saying, I'm going to be doing this. But what is the truth to our prayers? What was God doing? Well, firstly, God was doing things beyond understanding. 
God is doing things beyond understanding. Don't you like his, love his reply? Look at the nations. Watch and be utterly amazed. I want to tell you that God is doing things today still. God is involved and God is still at work today. God is at work. And he's doing things that go beyond our description of what we feel God should do. It says, utterly amazed. May that be our catch catch line in our prayers. Lord, may you glory reign. May you be so known that the world is utterly amazed by who you are. Lord, may in my problems, in my struggles, may I be absolutely, utterly amazed by your will. What you are doing. And so he says here, be utterly amazed, but also the instruction is look, watch, look to the nations. I want to say to you, if you feel that God has stepped aside, if you think God is not involved or God is not answering prayers, look, look to the nations. God is doing incredible things, even in our church. Been incredible to see his hand, even through this pandemic. To see how God has answered some prayers in different ways. But God is involved. And the instruction is for us to look to the nations and watch. Watch for him. Wait for him. Be staring out for him. Lord, what are you doing? I'm watching out for where you're at work. That's what I need to do. Because I'm waiting for what God is doing do you realize through your situations and your problems your struggles through your why questions that God is working in a way that you will one day be utterly amazed it may not be how we think it should go out play out but he is at work for his glory God is at work in justice. Vengeance is mine, so scripture says. God is at work and he's taking place. And he is at work bringing about justice to the sinners, to the Assyrians, to those that have persecuted the righteous, those that um, have turned from him. He's bringing justice here. By using a very foreign nation. And you know what? And we'll find out this later on. Is that he's also going to bring justice. To Babylon. Because they are men. Whose own strength. Is their God. They're far from the Lord. But he's going to use them. And God is at work. And he knows. He knows the hurt that you've gone through. He knows the pain you're feeling. He may know the. That just the burden you carry with saying, God, how could this take place? And you know what? He knows hearts. He knows hearts. And yet he still chose to send his son to die for us. He's still at work in people's lives. He is still using various ways to reach people.
And so he's bringing it about. So may we in our prayers be real with the Lord. May we bring our complaints to him and not just complain about him. But may they be sincere, seeking his will, looking and watching out for what he is doing. To hear his answer. For God is still at work. And he calls us to be faithful. To be faithful to him. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are at work today. As you were yesterday, as you are tomorrow. And Lord, we may not understand a lot of things that are going on. We stop opening newspapers. We stop reading news articles because we just are so surrounded by such negativity and such turmoil. But Lord, as I see that Habakkuk was so burdened by what was going on with the people. Because we love you, may we continue to be burdened with the things that break your heart. But as we are, that we are waiting on you, we are calling out for you, watching you at work. So we pray this in your precious name. Amen.